Hi, I'm Erica Ramirez, founder of Illy and host of What About Your Friends, a podcast dedicated to the many lives of friendship and how it's portrayed in pop culture. Every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed, I talk to my best friend, Stephen Othello, and your favorites from within the Ringer and beyond about friendships on TV, in movies, pop culture, and our real lives. So join me every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed, where we try to answer the question TLC asked back in the day, what about your friends? This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. We're in person. How long has it been since we were last in person? A long, uh, September maybe? But I feel like we didn't do Jam Session in person in September. When I, I was, think it was maybe when I was in New York in August for my birthday. Among did, other, I, that wasn't why I was in New York. Were you then though? Did we do Jam yeah, Session Yeah, but then? we did it anyway. Oh. And it was fun. That's cool. I wasn't, I, I wasn't Oh yeah, you often. came to the office in but, shorts. But Jade wasn't there. You and, cleared it. Yes, I, I texted in advance. I was like, I only packed jean shorts. Is it okay if I wear them to the office? And you said yes, which I appreciated. Of course, yeah. But now we're in Los Angeles and there are three of us. So Jade is here. Great. Well, it's great to see you. Great to see you. Welcome to Los Angeles. Thank you. It's a lovely place to be in December. I'll tell you that. It is. Let's talk about I like celebrities. You, you kept it positive. Yes. You know, that was that was good. I'm very tired. So I'm just going to try to be really positive to counteract that. Okay. And I, I know that I'm not that old in the grand scheme of things, but this is the oldest I've ever been today. Mm-hmm. And I'm very tired. Being this old, is ex- I'm like, wow, it's hard to travel. Yes. Jet lag becomes realer with every passing year. I'm just not drinking enough water. All right. This is boring. Let's talk about celebrities. I was really excited that Angelina Jolie has made her presence felt. You're leading with Angelina Jolie. No, I'm not. I just wanted to say <laughs> we're going to get there because I'm really excited about it. But obviously, we'll start with Taylor Swift being Time's Person of the Year. Right. What did you think of the photo shoot? Well, the the cat as the uh, on the shoulders. I guess that's a memorable photograph. What did it like evoke for you? Did it evoke Britney Spears with the snake? Did it like the whole thing is very eighties? She's going for like a kind of eighties supermodel vibe. I don't. I was just sort of curious because the pictures are. She's been doing a lot of aesthetic things, like making a lot of aesthetic choices lately. And I was curious what you thought about these. The pictures are Inez and Venude, who I don't normally think shoot for Time Magazine. So I think that is some of Taylor's impact and possibly one of the ways that they got her Mm. to do Time Person of the Year. 
I didn't spend that much time on the photographs, to be honest. I, I'm just staring at it right now. I did read the piece. <laughs> Me too. And I interacted with the coverage a lot. And then I spent a lot of time fielding, well, participating in conversations with friends and loved ones about why does she care so much about this and why, uh, why is this happening? I thought you were going to say about the Phantom Thread. No, but I do like the film Phantom Thread, as did she. So, Do you think you have the same understanding of the film? Probably, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so... One part of this is Sam Lansky, he's the writer, says that he went to her show in Santa Clara in August. So when do you think Time decided to make her person of the year? As early as they could get her to commit. And I think it was probably a long process of... She's been on tour since May. She's been on tour since May. So scheduling plus, does she want to do this? What would incentivize her to do this? Because someone of her fame and also someone of her... Control level, like, and and power at this point. She only needs to do what she wants to do. Right. So they need to incentivize her. So you think the photos are part of it? Like, what do you, do you I think? I do, yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty the film, The film streaming release, like, timing it up with that? Like, yeah, I think that, well, I think that the streaming release was probably more tied to economics and also, you know, they just like put this together as like part of a marketing package. I feel like sure. they don't. The, t- the person of the year issue is going to come out like when it comes out, as she knows, like sure. as we all know. Beginning, right, after Thanksgiving, beginning yeah. of December. But I think timing-wise and then also kind of pinning down like would she want to do it and would they be able to put together a package that works for her? Mm-hmm. Someone of her celebrity, that's like pretty common. So I think they've probably been trying since the summer, at least keeping their options open. This is like a valuable franchise for them, even though I respectfully like don't care about Time's this Person of the Year and haven't for some time. Definitely the first time I've been talking about Time, the magazine. Right. In years. I think since they made you the Person of the Year in, what was that, 2006? Yeah, and then that was that, what I was thinking of too. Yeah, that was when it was like really over. I remember, I remember once when like they picked Obama, and they're like, "Of course they're going to pick Obama." It's all about if they always pick a sitting president or something like that. Or, yeah, or maybe they picked Obama and not George Bush for in like 2008, leading into 2009, something like that. Right. So it makes sense that the way that they would put it together would just be like a lot of different options, you know, and they're chasing things. But I'm sure they've been trying to get her for six months to answer your question. Right. Because I was wondering like if he went to the show anyway or if that was like set up. I was, I just have so many logistical questions about celebrities all the time Mm -hmm. and certainly didn't stop with this. Well, Sam Lansky, I think, is pretty celebrity adjacent. I mean, you know, he's been like a West Coast editor. Obviously, he ghost wrote part of Britney Spears' book. So I think- At least a draft. Right. So, and you know, it's like, I assume whether he was going to be doing it for time. And he worked for time for a while. Yeah. So I assume that it was like put together as a possibility that he would do it. He was like attached to it. Yeah. From pretty early on. And and that's like why he went to see the show in Santa Clara Mm -hmm. as opposed to the L.A. show where everybody, like all other L.A. based people were. Right. In the world, not just in like celebrity world. Yeah. What did you think was like the most revealing thing to, to be in this piece. And it could, in like a non-obvious or obvious way. I mean, nothing, sort of, which was, I the most revealing, that's not true. Hold on. Okay, I'll tell you mine while you look for yours. Yeah. I put this on a rundown. I was reading it and I got to like the Greta Gerwig secondary and I was just like, why is she quoted in this? And then, oh, right. we, and then we get to Shonda Rhimes and I'm like, why is Shonda Rhimes quoted in this? And I thought it was pretty interesting that like 
there aren't really people from inside the Taylorverse in this piece, not even like really her friends. Mm-hmm. And they're trying, and I thought that was like a pretty interesting way of trying to like place her among female auteurs. And I was curious, very curious about whose idea that was. Well, I was looking around to see whether Greta Gerwig is also featured somewhere else in times like People of mm. the Year issue because they do a whole issue and obviously Barbie is tied. Barbie could have been the person of the year. I think Barbie was on the shortlist, which time releases before, which I, I didn't follow until I was Googling Me neither, this. had no idea. But Barbie was one of, was on the shortlist with like Sam Altman and like mm. OpenAI. Anyway, I'm sure including Greta Gerwig was part of a longer campaign to somehow have Greta Gerwig in their, like, end mm-hmm. of year, in the time, like, universe in order to try to cover Barbie in that way. I think it's just everyone at some point is all working together to get as much, a large as large an audience as possible. Right, 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 right. But, like, how do you explain Shonda Rhimes? I I don't know. Maybe they just called her. I guess Taylor is like a known Grey's Anatomy fan, right? Sure. I guess. I don't know. People need to be out there selling things. I guess. You know? Yeah. And I, so I just thought it was a I just thought it was super weird. I was just like, of all of the women in the world, of all the people that could give a quote about Taylor Swift's power. Right. I don't think Shonda Rhimes would have been in on the list of people to go to. And I say that I think it's probably one of her most adoring fans. So it has nothing to do with Shonda Rhimes. I'm just like, these two things have nothing in common. So are you, like, trying to suggest that, like, maybe Shonda and Taylor are working on something in the future? No. I, okay. I'm, you just think it's weird? I think it's weird. Okay. I think it's more about how Taylor Swift, like, a lot of the time these celebrities are like, here's who you should talk to for secondaries, right? Right. I think this is much more about asserting her as, like I said, an auteur than a pop star. Right. I do also think probably in this case that time is trying to broaden it mm-hmm. a little bit because, you know, people have done the, oh, she's re-recording her whatever. Like, yeah. people have done plenty of stories talking in, like, the Taylor universe, and part of this is, like, Taylor is monoculture or whatever, right. so they're trying to bring in other people. That would that would just be my guess, and also maybe they want Shonda in the issue. Sure. In some way or Yeah, other. I mean, here I am talking about Shonda Rhimes, so— but like, exactly. But to be fair, I take every opportunity to talk about Shonda Rhimes. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I found my most notable thing, which okay. is, of course, when she's talking about Travis Kelsey. And, you know, she, like, clarifies the timeline or whatever. Okay, great. She goes on. When you say a relationship is public, that means I'm going to see him do what he loves. We're showing up for each other. Other people are there and we don't care. The opposite of that is you have to go to an extreme amount of effort to make sure no one knows that you're seeing someone and we're just proud of each other. Okay, so I just read this as like Joe Allen. Of course. Yeah, Yeah, of course. course. And it's just like she, her thing that she's getting over is someone who didn't want to be associated with her or whether she felt like that relationship just made more sense in private. However, that was handled. She's going purposefully in the opposite direction. She talked a lot in this piece. I thought it was really notable too because we're also seeing it right now about how much she's like not interested in staying inside. Yes. Anymore, or right now at least. She's in an uh, outside phase, which is funny. It's sort of like, it's also kind of at odds with, like, the cat lady persona that she was happy to inhabit for a while. Right. Which is ironic because the cat is, you know, part of the photo shoot. Right. But, yes, that, I thought that was very notable as well. You know, I guess everyone carries their previous relationships with them. I feel like we're at a moment where Joe, the, the scar tissue or the ghost of Joe Alwyn feels very present. So I wonder what that means for the future. I don't know. I thought that was very noteworthy 
as well. And I also like, she referenced, you know, being photographed when she goes out to dinner, but like wanting to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the last time she's been photographed going out for dinner this much. Like, we're like at red level of Taylor Swift photography. Yes, and also the coverage is like much... Breathless. And it's just more. It, and it's kind of like she's she's comfortable with it, where mm-hmm. she at least like, you know, the infrastructure has been built and she's just doing it anyway. I, I put in our rundown because she and Travis went to that same Christmas bar in Kansas City like again last night. And they just like, they just really like that Christmas bar. Yeah. And on the one hand, like I probably, if I had the ability to go to a Christmas bar every week, I probably would as well, you know? Sure. But they love it, apparently. I have to assume, well, I assume a few things. Yeah. One, that the security there is such that they're like, okay, being photographed, but they know that they're safe. Mm-hmm. He probably has like a strong connection to like the proprietors or the sure. staff of that yeah, bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also there probably aren't that many options in Kansas City. No, I agree with all of that. But I was just like, oh, wow, again, you're going to the the Christmas bar. Okay. I could see her loving Christmas. She's yeah. a Christmas tree she farm. She talks about the prep for Eris tour, like the physical that prep. That was interesting, Which yeah. I thought was interesting just because when you and I saw it, we both remarked on the fact that like, that is a feat of yeah. like stamina. And she says, even in it, like I'm performing this show, whether I'm sick, whether like I'm, you know, whatever, which is amazing because like I did wonder, I was like, I never read a report of her not being able to, to do like, it. Yeah, to yeah. do it, even though it is so physically demanding. So she talks about, like, you know, singing the set list, like, on the top of her lungs at a treadmill, which I thought was pretty great. And then also how she quit drinking because she wouldn't want to do the show hungover, which I really relate to. But then I am also like, but I, like, definitely have seen you at a lot of bars, you know? Yeah. I guess mocktail culture is, like, really big now, which is great. Maybe she's having a club soda. Yeah. I don't know, but it seems like it's all going great for her. I am happy for her. The Chiefs have not been playing well, so her... Good luck charm power has worn worn off. I'm like incredibly sick of Taylor Swift. I, yeah. I have no ill will, but like I'm I'm ready for something new. We talked about this last week, I guess, but do you think we'll get a break next year? I don't know. Yeah. She's so good about scheduling stuff so that she always has opportunities to like reappear. Right. And I don't know. What do you think is next though? I mean, other than the reputation re-release. Right. Which like, is like she is so savvy. Yeah. That this this piece is like focused mostly around reputation and like that era of her life, yeah. and she was in a dark place, et cetera. So she's like laying the groundwork for reputation. And the two fans that Sam Lansky sits next to at the movie premiere, their favorite album is Reputation. I think that Nora Princiati is a part of the movement to reclaim reputation and to like to say every, it's, it's every, like good. I think everyone is trying to. Musically, you know, narratively, sure, all the Swifties are in on that. I think that's great. You know, here is one thing I've been thinking a lot about because the most famous quote from this piece was about the Horcruxes mm. and the Gandalf. I'm collecting Infinity Stones. Gandalf's voice is in my head every time I put out a new one. For me, it is a movie now. Okay. That is just an absolutely batshit quote, like, respectfully. Well, it's like someone who's been observing culture but yes, not participating exactly. in it. Exactly. Well, and, you know, the other thing that it pointed out to me is just if if you have the great, like, pleasure and privilege of not understanding those references, that's a Harry Potter reference, a Marvel MCU reference, and a Lord of the Rings reference. 
as Mallory pointed out, all that is missing is Game of Thrones. Well, it, but it's putting its finger on like on fan culture. And, yeah. And fan culture is, and those are three like franchises and worlds that like interact with its audiences in like a very certain way. And it's, and, and I would say similarly to how Taylor Swift fans interact with Taylor Swift. So it's savvy, I think, that she's identified that and has identified the way that these, you know, her listeners and fan bases work. And I just am also like not a fan culture person. That's yeah. just not how I interact with stuff. So I was just like, oh, this is clarifying for me. This is just different. Like that is, that's how they're doing it. Maybe it's generational. Maybe it's just constitutional. Anyway, that's cool. Wish everyone well. I thought you said we're going to say the most famous quote was, quote, trash takes itself out every single time, close yeah. quote. I mean, that's a pretty good quote. It's a really good one. Yeah. It's really good. It was in reference to both Scooter Braun and Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. So, yeah, it's a really good quote. I like it. I wish I'd thought of that. I wonder who came up with it. Probably her. She has a way with words. But a while ago. Like, I don't think it was like she came up with it for this interview. I feel like she's probably been using it. Yeah, but that's allowed. Yeah, of course. You can self-quote. Sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. I really like her style these days, like for dinner. Her like all of the plaids and yeah, it's a, it's a bit much, but I think it's she's got a uniform. It's Taylor Swift appropriate. Mm-hmm. It seems like she is for the most part operating at a price point that is not the highest price point, you know. So then, because she's selling stuff out, a lot of Hill House is is basically what I'm saying. Oh, and interesting. That's Hill House isn't really on my radar, but I like know about it. I know it as the nap dress place. Yes, I mean, and that's what it is. And they've they've really expanded, and it's just it it is not my style in any way, shape, or form. But many people love it, and they've done a really good idea capitalizing on it. As my my friend Stephanie explained to me, that the reason it's not my style is, do you know color like fashion color theory, where you're like a spring or an autumn? No, or, I don't. This is like a very old fashioned thing that my friend Stephanie is like really trying to bring back by herself. And she's like really convinced me that I'm an autumn. Oh, and it's a it's a and summer. That, and no, and that Hill House is actually made for the winter. Oh, colors and so and that those really don't match. I want anyone listening who actually knows about this stuff to understand that I don't understand any of it. And I've been I've like read a lot of blog posts, <laughs> and I like to think that I appreciate color, and have some intellectual capacity, but like, I I just can't explain it to you and I just have to text her every time being like, can I wear red? You know? Which What's I think, the answer? I think for an autumn, yes. Oh, okay. I think it's allowed. But there are certain blues I'm not supposed to wear, but I don't know which but ones. Do you pay attention to that rule or are you just like, fuck it? Not really because I can't keep it straight. Anyway, so I think Taylor Swift might also be a winter. Oh, Okay. So that's why she's drawn to Hill House is my is my theory. But there's like a lot of like pink at Hill House and that's just never working for me personally. Yeah, I just don't really like it that much, but I respect it, I guess. I you know, it seems fine. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. 
Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, starting May 8th, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's move on. I want to talk about Angelina Jolie. Okay. Angelina Jolie is back because she's opened a store called Atelier Jolie. I guess it's also like a line or something. It's sort of like a curatorial endeavor, and it's in New York in Soho on Great Jones Street. You can go to it. Angelina Jolie did a sit-down with the Wall Street Journal for this, where we last talked about them because Travis Kelsey did as well. They're They're on a roll right now. I feel like those are two big gets. In this piece, she talks about referencing her divorce and how she's had to heal since that happened seven years ago. Well, I, I don't actually think the divorce is it's official not final. Yet. Yeah. yeah. Since since filing for divorce, right. I suppose. Since the giant rupture of 2016. I do remember when this came out, you and I were both shocked. We were yeah. new friends. And it was also just like a very ugly incident. And the de- as the details come out or we're reminded of them, it's just, it seems... Very traumatic. So I understand why it took her some time. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it was interesting that she's talking about it, like referencing yeah. her divorce. And then she's really pushing this store. She's she's trying to, like, I think, come out of a previous phase and, like, part of, like, transition into the new one is through this Atelier Jolie. I, I don't know. I find it really weird. I guess, like, she just does such, so few interviews mm-hmm. that I was shocked to see several Angelina Jolie headlines in the last week. And I was like, oh, Angelina Jolie, she's back. And then I even watched the video with her on the Wall Street Journal, which I had a hard time hearing. Again, I'm old. I had to like keep like adjusting the volume. But I was like, wow, I haven't heard her voice in so long that it was kind of like, I'm like, I forgot that she was, is an actress. Like she's yes. just, she's just a celeb. She has really taken time off from mm-hmm. acting, I would say. She's just not as, you know, in movies at the pace that she was 15 years ago. But I do also think that some of this is just that she is a part of a financial venture and then she has to promote it contractually. So, like, I get it. I just thought it was interesting that she made herself a lot more available for a non-acting venture than than she usually does. I do still think it probably has something to do with just, like, needing to promote it and order... In order to make money, which, you know, I think she 
got divorced. That, in addition to being emotionally and, you know, situationally ugly, has been quite ugly financially, as you may have read about. Yes. There's something about a Russian oligarch buying, you know. She sold part of Chateau Miraval to a yeah. Russian oligarch. So I think the— Without Brad Pitt's approval, so it's litigious. Right. So I don't know why she decided that this fashion thing would be the money-making venture for her or the professional thing she would want to pursue. I mean, maybe maybe it's as simple as, like, every famous person seems to have some sort of beauty or fashion line at some point. It is, like, the goop Jessica Alba model of— Yeah, of, how to make money. Of, of how people, I think, make real money. So, I don't know. She still is—she's making movies. She's filming a Pablo Lorraine movie about Maria Callas. Yes, that's mentioned in here as well. Yeah. I also thought that maybe, like, she was doing some— like, mentioning of it to, like, free herself of the burden of promoting the film in the future. I had two other things I wanted to point out from the Wall Street Journal piece. Yes. One, she remains so beautiful. Absolutely stunning. Just absolutely beautiful. Number two, here's just a quote. I just want to share it with you. I realize most of my closest friends are refugees. Maybe four out of six of the women that I am close to are from war and conflict. And then she explains why she thinks that is. I thought that was a pretty bizarre quote to give, though maybe true. I I would agree. I admire the the work that she does for the of UN. Of course, has, I'm saying nothing about you know, that. Just yeah, positioning it, it is, that way. It is, is weird. A, in, as a part of, if you're just coming into the conversation, you're just coming in on a check in. That we don't have the frame of reference that she does for her day to day life. Yeah, it's a little strange. I agree. I felt I needed to just point that out. Okay, so I, I'm with you. <laughs> I wish everyone the best in this family. It seems like it's been a really rough seven years. It but does. I hope it's getting better. And for everyone, particularly the six kids. Agree. All right, let's move on. Next, as Amanda asked in our rundown, what is happening with Bradley Cooper's food truck? And what is this, you ask? Well, he was serving cheesesteaks at a food truck in New York last week. Gigi Hadid came by. And so did, so did some other high-profile people. In general, it's pretty weird. It's called like a, it's a, it was also like a Philly thing, but it was in New York. Right. So the, the truck is called Danny and Coop's Cheesesteaks. And Bradley Cooper is famously from Philadelphia, a, a citizen of Philadelphia. As discussed on this podcast. And as also discussed in this podcast, Bradley Cooper has a film coming out. I believe it's available in theaters now and soon on Netflix, <laughs> Maestro, starring Bradley Cooper. And Bradley Cooper, as an actor, was on strike for many months and could not promote his film Maestro, for which he hopes to be nominated for many Oscars, though he told Howard Stern he would accept a Super Bowl win for the Eagles over as many Oscars as they can give him. And I just noted that he was out here. He had devised some interesting ways to like be out in public with a lot of famous people that wouldn't violate <laughs> SAG after strike rules. That, that's all I'm saying. Strike's over, but you know, there you go. He's just like doing a lot right now. <laughs> the other quote from Bradley Cooper that caught my eye was when he said to Deadline that I attended her graduation, her being his daughter, in full makeup as Lenny. So as... Okay. Leonard his, Bernstein. His daughter is six. So uh, kindergarten uh, graduation? Yes, exactly, exactly what I was going to say. So he attended her kindergarten graduation in full makeup. And like, while I understand that like the nose is controversial or like was for a minute and other parts of the movie have like gotten like his commitment to the craft and the role have gotten a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. I think you still would have been like, this is Bradley Cooper. He's just looking different and it would have been like, he's an actor. But he he went on to say that people must have thought to themselves, who is that guy? 
And I think it, you still would have known it was Bradley I Cooper. I think you would have as well. Also. <laughs> so he's like, as I said, doing a lot. I think one may say he's high in his own supply. And do you think he'll be winning the Oscars he craves, Amanda? As, as Big picture, Amanda. Will he be winning the Oscars he craves? I don't think that he's going to win. I think he'll be nominated. I don't know if he's going to be nominated for Best Actor. It's a crowded, mm. crowded race. They about all are this year. What about Director? I think so. Okay, what about Best Picture? I do think so. Yeah. Okay. Today, as today, as of recording. I feel he's really lining himself up for disappointment. I just want to throw that out there. I do as well. But I think that's also one of the reasons that he wisely told Howard Stern he would rather Before take the Eagles. Eagles which also, he's lining himself up for disappointment. I'm about to say, it's not looking yeah. good there either. But like, you can't say you want the Oscars, you know? <laughs> like, we all know that. I enjoy him as a celebrity. I always forget that. And then he comes back and I'm like, this guy's weird. And that's what I live for. I love weirdos. I really enjoyed Maestro. And it's a fascinating project by the celebrity Bradley Cooper. And I can't wait to discuss it with everyone. I look forward to it. It comes out on December 20th, I think. On Netflix. Oh, it's already out in theaters? Yeah. Oh, so I could see it now. You could. And I actually... I'm going to. The the sound. I get it. Uh, Okay, sorry. (laughs) All right. Okay. All right. All right. Next, new couple. Joshua Jackson recently separated from Jody Turner, whose name I had to think about for a second because we have a colleague named Jody Walker. And I'm sorry, but Walker and Turner are like names that occupy the same space in my brain. So it's very hard for me. It's Jody Turner Smith, right? Jody Turner Smith. Okay. She is getting divorced from Joshua Jackson, who is now dating Lupita Nyongo. Right. Love. I love this. The thing that I like about this is that the Joshua Jackson, Jodie Turner-Smith divorce was pretty sudden. And the news was broken. She filed for divorce. And then I believe pretty soon thereafter, Joshua Jackson and Lupita were photographed holding hands. Mm -hmm. And then Lupita made a truly, truly, truly chaotic Instagram post about it being a season of heartbreak or something for her <laughs> and announcing her breakup from her ex-partner or acknowledging it, but not acknowledging Joshua Jackson, but seeming to try to get in front of the paparazzi photos of Josh mm. Jackson. So so then everyone like took a month and then they were photographed at Erewhon, but they weren't holding hands at Erewhon. And then the next day they decided to hold hands like in public. <laughs> That is just a level of true chaos that I really appreciate from everyone involved. You know, like there, there, there's a child. Joshua Jackson and Jodie Turner Smith have a child. As always, we hope the kids are okay. And otherwise, this is this is quite something. I'm just looking at her post about her season of heartbreak. Yeah, I love it as myself. I Lupita Nyong'o is a real style icon for me because she's a leader in the black tie glasses space. Okay, you know? sure. Yeah, as, as we've discussed and actually came up this week in some some text messages. And I think she's, like, maybe an underrated celebrity. Certainly not actress. Like, very celebrated actress, right? And part of very successful franchise. But I feel like as just, like, a chaotic celebrity, I feel like maybe this is her time to shine. Because she's been giving us a lot lately, as you've pointed out. And I'm, I'm very excited about it. The being photographed but evading attention at Erewhon is a really, really special L.A. move. And I appreciate that. If you're famous, is it, like contractually obligated to go to Erewhon because it's, like, not actually a good store, and yet celebrities go there. Do they have, like, special potions in the back for celebrities or something? Yes. And, well, yeah. And they also have, like, you know, gluten-free 
everything. Whatever rice. Like, all the freeze that I don't even know about yet are what they have at Erewhon, plus, like, you know, coconut water gelée, you know? And, and like, all of these delicacies for people who are very conscious of the fact that they might be photographed holding hands. So I don't really get it either. I will say, though, I think a lot about in my first trimester when I was really, really nauseous— I went to Erewhon as a treat and bought myself some turkey chili, and that was the best thing I'd ever tasted. So it wasn't gluten-free. I love turkey chili. It is so good. So I'm I'm forever grateful to them in a season of not being able to eat much. <laughs> that really hit the spot, but I, I don't go very often. I'd like to give a few more details about this Instagram post that okay. you referenced. Sure. It's like a 10-slide it's like it's Instagram really truly out there all white text on black background right including a quote I find myself in a season of heartbreak because of a love suddenly and devastatingly extinguished by deception (laughs) and now we have to ask the question like was it her deception who was who was the deceiver no one knows (laughs) this is what I'm saying also this was posted on October 19th Yes. And so the, it began, as you also pointed out, there are much more important things going on in the world right now. My thoughts are with those who are deeply suffering. And then it's like eight more slides about her own suffering. Right. Just absolutely incredible stuff. So we're, what we learn here is that two months is the appropriate amount of time from your first paparazzi incident and being able to soft launch your relationship. Also, the the caption which is you know reproduction of the text in the sure. 10 slide or whatever number of slides ends with hashtag breakup. Let's face our pain so we don't spread it. And I just I, I can't kind of can't get over the fact that she felt like she needed to acknowledge like the like the war in the Middle East <laughs> as a part of this. <laughs> Not necessary, honestly. Now there is hashtag breakup, but that leads me to believe that perhaps she posted this herself. Can I ask you some Instagram and design sure. follow ups? Okay, so. First of all, where are you with the double posting of the image text and the text in the in the thing? I think it's considerate for anyone who wants to copy and paste, okay. like at Us Weekly. It's okay. like really nice. They don't have to like transcribe okay. it. I don't think it's like recommended strat, but it's helpful for us celeb watchers okay. by trade. And then the the white text on the black background. Love. Okay. E- easy That's to read. Right. You're a dark mode person. Yes. Right? Well, I switch by the sunlight, like a oh, okay. daytime during the Day mode during the day, night, okay. dark mode at night. But uh, is that a sleep thing? Is that an aesthetic thing? What's aesthetic, yeah. Okay. Aesthetic and sleep too. Like at night, I'm happy for it to be darker. But in general, it's easier to read white on black or like a dark gray on white. So I appreciate it. Okay. Don't go with black on white. It's kind of hard to read. Hard on the eyes. Most of your fonts are actually not a true black if you're reading them online. <laughs> this is why we ask the follow up design <laughs> questions. <laughs> Lean into dark gray on white text, everybody. Okay. You know, I've remarked on this several times to people in the last week or so, last two weeks. I'm really happy celebrities are back. I really, I miss them. Do you have any thoughts about the Golden Globe nominations or the Golden Globes in general? What network are they on this year? CBS. Thanks for asking. they got back to cable or network (laughs) television. Excuse me. I don't know. Will you be watching? I guess, yeah. Okay. I will be watching. I'm going to try to see a lot of the movies. I just watched The Holdovers. You want to give us a review? It's obviously an incredible movie. I found it like unbearably sad. The, the loneliness was so overwhelming that it's, it's a testament to the success of the movie and all the performances, but it was so incredibly sad that I actually felt physically uncomfortable. 
The holdovers is teaching me that I might be dead inside. <laughs> I liked it a lot, but I found it I found I, it very surface level. I found it achingly sad. Okay. I was just like Well, and I, I found all of it very surface level except for the Divine Joy Randolph character. Oh my gosh, she was and really she's wonderful. Good. She might win an Oscar, so that's pretty good. She was really, really good. Her physical acting was she incredible. She was wonderful. One thing about it, I can tell that Alexander Payne has not seen the not seen the film now and then. Starring mm-hmm. Christina Ricci and okay. Gabby Hoffman, because it has this many. This is why we come to you. Many of the same takes. songs. Knock three times is and the Badfinger song as well. Like those are essential to the now and then soundtrack. So he doesn't have a millennial woman in his life that he had watched the movie. I I I think that we knew that without <laughs> the song references, but yes. And then the other thing is it's set in 1971, which is the same year that Almost Famous is set. So it's also a lot of soundtrack overlap with Almost Famous. Okay. That's a little bit more forgivable. I mean, I, I have no problem with the now and then overlap, but I just don't think that's like probably what Alexander Payne would have wanted to have his film in the same conversation <laughs> you, as Now and do Then. Do you think that the specter of Now and Then added to your emotional involvement and response? Have, did you have a big relationship with Now and Then? Of course I did, but I How didn't m- actually sit through the holdovers thinking this is like watching Now and Then. I didn't think about that, but I was just thinking, well, at camp, we listened to the Now and Then soundtrack yeah, a lot. So, and then, of course, paused it a lot to try and see Devin Sawa's penis. Yeah. I, I would say that's a foundational movie for me. So It is for all women our age. Yeah. Devin, Devin Sawa is incredibly yeah. important. Casper, now and then, you yeah. get it or you don't. And like the the idea of like being uncomfortable with like growing breasts and like yeah. Christina Ricci, like her character in that movie, it's like, I don't know. I wouldn't say like it loomed large the whole time, but I was certainly, when I heard, you know, particularly when I go to the bar, I was like, oh, now we're in now and then territory. You know, I thought a lot about Skippy Dies as I was watching it. So if you felt moved by the holdovers once again, okay. I Bernie Sanders meme voice once again, <laughs> I am urging you, whatever it is, to read Skippy Dies by Paul Murray. Okay. But yeah, I, I hope this is the only podcast where now and then and the holdovers are discussed together. I believe in us. <laughs> you know, part of me wants to think there is a whole other world out there where people are seeing it in that way, but I don't think that's how most people are responding to the holdovers. But that is what makes Usually I Live in special. Thank you so much. Is um, holdovers like top five movies for you? Of the year? I would say it's it, I, the, the movie that I could like, movie experience it most resembles for me is Francis Ha, which is also okay. oh, so wow. devastatingly sad. I really, resp- I guess, respond to people feeling lonely. Okay. And searching for ways out of it. And it reminded me of that of that. Francis High is one of my favorite movies of this century. So. Me too. I Although love I wouldn't it. have said that I found it devastatingly sad. I was like broken by it afterwards. I was just like, oh my God. But I don't happy think, ending. Yeah, it's hopeful, right? Yeah, I just found the friend stuff so sad. And like, you know, I saw it when I was like 27. Yeah, sure. So, so, so I get it. resonant. Okay. All right. I don't know. Friend breakups are so painful. They are. And but- Francis Hogg really captures that. They do. <laughs> Shout out Grace Gummer, who looked really nice at the Academy that's not, Gala. That's not Grace Gummer. That's, um... It's Grace. Oh, is it Grace? But then who's the other friend? The other friend who wore the glasses that she has the real breakup with? I yes. forget who plays her. But Grace is in that really funny dinner scene. Yes, that's right. Mickey Sumner. That's right. who I was thinking of. Okay. Who's also very good. But, yeah, Grace is in, is like, 
the aloof friend who's just sort of like, I right. assume that's what Grace Gummer is like. I don't know if she actually is, but that's what I've decided. You want to do a Gilded Gate update? Oh my God, did you watch last night? No, I didn't. I'm not caught up. But like the people are out here asking Shh. for updates. It's okay. I'm going to watch it all Emily in Paris style uh, over the holiday break because to me, it is like Emily in Paris, but old. Last night's episode was phenomenal. Okay. I just want to, this is not really, this is, I guess, like a spoiler, but this is the only show probably in the history of, of television where the D plot on the penultimate episode of season two is about the barrier to entries of clockmaking. And that is... <laughs> the clockmaking is still going episode oh, nine yeah. episodes in? Seven. Yes, Amanda. It is still going. That guy hasn't made his clock yet? There's a lot of barriers to entry with clockmaking. It's not about making the clock. It's about the patent for the clock at this point. It is such a phenomenal show. For Okay, all, all joking aside, Christine Baranski has long been, an, uh, you know, a guiding light for all of us here at The Ringer. Sure. Shout out The Watch podcast. My avatar at work has been, since day one, Diane Lockhart, which is Christine Baranski's character on The Good Wife and then The Good Fight. She was so good on the last night's episode of The Gilded Age that, like, Honestly, just based on the one episode alone, she deserves some Emmys. Like, it was it was such a good performance. And she and Cynthia Nixon are, like, really good together. I don't like Cynthia Nixon. I don't, I, like, never responded to her in any other role. But they are, like, just so phenomenal. And I'm, like, never been more afraid of anyone than I am of Carrie Coon's character, Bertha Russell. I would not cross her. It's just a great show. And then also, obviously, I've been looking at the interview magazine media of Morgan Spector for right. days. Have you seen those pictures? I think that you showed... I showed them to everyone I talked to at your holiday yeah, party. Yeah, no, like you... I walked by you at one point and it was people crowded around a phone <laughs> and I dipped in to be like, what are we looking at? And it was not the interview magazine. It was actually a zoomed-in photo that you took at the Gotham Awards. Oh, yes, that as well, yeah. And and then, respectfully, I went on my way. <laughs> I had several conversations about this. The Gilded Age makes me feel alive. The Gilded Age is why I have always loved television as a medium. And... <laughs> It is absolutely my favorite television show of 2023. I honestly, like, I count down the minutes. And there's only one more episode less this season, so I'm going to be bereft in one week's time. There is no cultural critic like you. <laughs> there is there is no one else. Thank you so much. The Holdovers owes its emotional resonance to now and then. And the Gilded Age is why I watch television. But that second one is really true. I just want, if anyone listening needs a pull quote for your FYC ads, <laughs> I give you permission right now. You can just quote Juliet Levin right there. I think it was the Gilded Age makes me feel alive. Okay. But it's also, you said it is why I believe in television yes, as a medium. It is. It's is such an incredible show. I can't even imagine how much it costs to make one episode. It's since the cast is. Not Huge. that much because everything is CGI. <laughs> oh my but God. whatever. Another spoiler alert: CGI fireworks last night. No, God damn it! <laughs> I, it is Do they CGI so, a clock at any point? Because so I'm gonna good. lose no. my mind. Okay, no. But um, man, do I love this show, and I love everyone on it, and I, I, I love it. I just, I deeply. Christine Baranski is my inspiration in so many ways, and Morgan Spector is the hottest man I've ever encountered. So. And I believe in television once again. I don't really have anything to add to that. <laughs> so I'm, that was tremendous. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to Jade Whaley for producing this episode. And we'll be back next week. <laughs> 